1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mirror mine, Mirror mine. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am.
0: Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am joined with... Oh no, I've done the fucking loop again. It's so bad, I'm used to sat it. I am joined by a man like Matt Candela. He's sitting in a child's room trying to escape the wrath of COVID. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today?
2: Oh, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, I like the double loop of the intro track. It sort of uh, inspired me. It felt like It's a bit like the Champions League music. You sort of get the two... <laughs> you get the tingles down your spine and you know you're about to
0: to watch something elite top top draw um we are about to move into the elite map because we've been signed by uh, a podcast content creation company uh, does that make us professional podcasters absolutely um are you excited about that do you do you feel like you're going to quit the day job
2: yeah, I feel like I've just been signed up. You know, I'm like one of those players, you, you see them at the beginning of the summer signing up their first professional contract with the Arsenal Academy. And the reality is we don't know which ones are going to make it. Uh, we, we, we've got to sort the wheat from the chaff, but I'm hoping that uh, uh, we are a superior form of wheat and we're going to you know continue to develop.
0: It's exciting. And the reason that I raise that is because we are transferring our podcast over from Acast onto a, a new distributor so if you notice a few little quirks in the system don't worry about it. it should all be resolved by the end of this weekend and we will give you a little bit more news about why we've moved and why we've signed with a, with a let's call it a record label make it sound cool so it's going to be a horrendous deal it's not going to work out for us but it does sound cool um okay matt we are going to talk about the orlando city game um last night there was there was the good the bad and the seriously ugly um but it was a win regardless. And uh, our American tour seems to be going well. I mean, you can't deny it. The players sweated it out yesterday. Um, I'm just going to dive right in and say, Matt, let's go to you for the hottest take. Orlando City, what did you think?
2: So, um, first of all, preseason matters and preseason doesn't matter. You know, uh, I think it's all about stability and minimum fuss, minimum injuries. Um, and the reality is we're having a really, really good preseason. season it's, it's all of those things. Everyone looks relaxed. Everyone looks happy. There's no drama, and in many ways, it reminds me a little bit of the old Austrian trips that we used to take with Arsene Wenger. You know, you, you, you don't want stress. You don't want hassle, and so far, it's, it's been perfect. We've been playing pretty average teams. We've been looking pretty good, and, uh, and yeah, it's a, it was another win on the board. Hey, and listen,
0: the, uh, I'm obviously gonna fanboy the MLS. I think it's getting uh, it's getting stronger as a league, and you know the Apple TV deal that they brought in is gonna. They're hoping to develop it heading into the 2026 World Cup, um, but it's not it, it's not a guarantee that you beat an MLS team these days. Charlotte beat Chelsea, and Charlotte have been in disarray this season. You know, moving on uh, like managers, uh, Minnesota smashed Everton. Not looking good for Frank Lampard. So picking up a team that's got a chance of a playoff place. Um, listen, it's the the quality golf between the leagues is always going to be massive. There's so much more investment in the Premier League, but uh, it, it, you're playing a team that is mid-season. I mean, it's almost amazing that they they turn up for those uh, friendly games uh, and risk injury. But turning up um, turning up and beating Orlando is uh, is, is solid for me, uh, especially because that you know we didn't have all of our players fit or whatever.
2: Yeah, well, you know, there's always going to be a golf in technical ability. Um, but one thing there shouldn't be a golf on is fitness because they, these players in the MLS should, should be fitter. And they certainly didn't look fitter than the Arsenal players. The Arsenal players looked very lean, very focused. And I think gone, I don't think Arteta would stand for the likes of, do you remember when Willian turned up for pre-season, like sporting a little pot belly a couple of years ago? I think if an Arsenal player dared to come back after the break a little bit out of shape like he enjoyed himself a little bit too much i think arteta would be uh, that would be classified as a non-negotiable so it does feel as you can probably tell from some of the instagram of all these players on treadmills and doing all sorts of training everyone looks to have the right attitude and has had the right attitude right from the start so yeah it's 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 promising
0: it is promising my hottest take uh from the game yesterday if if i mean it's difficult to extract the hottest take because you you're right it matters when you win because it feels amazing, and it doesn't matter when you lose because it is preseason, and the whole point of preseason is to is to get fitness into the legs and you know figure out your new teammates. But my hottest take of yesterday was um, the golfing class between uh, the the nearly players and the players that are going to be first team. I mean that that first half yesterday, it felt like watching an I Emery team or a late stage Wenger side not no uh, uh, half the team didn't care half the team weren't capable of delivering to the levels that we need and it's pretty it's pretty clear who doesn't want to be here next season so i was uh really relieved in the second half when we brought on the proper players and uh magic started to happen my one concern with the sort of the first half team and the second half team is i always felt that eddie and ketia and you know, Sambula Conga, they got a bit of a rough ride of it, um, last season. Eddie tended only to play with like League Cup teams. And you know, if, if you don't put a player in a good system, how do you know whether they're good? But you're asking them to carry a side. And when you're a striker, if you're not getting, um, if you're not getting fed the balls, there's not much you can do. And Sambula Conga, second half of the season, he played next to, um, Patino, he played next to Erdegaard. Put him next to senior players. and Let him shine. Let him do his thing. Don't put it all on his shoulders. So I was happy that they got um, time in the second half um, to shine next to the better players. So good second half, terrible first half. And I do want to go deep. I also want to say thank you to all the people that are joined live. I know that we put this out late notice. We love seeing your comments. So make sure you share your opinion. It's not called the Arsenal opinion for nothing. Um, let's move into the first half of misery, Matt. Um, it wasn't good. Uh, there were a lot of players in that part in <laughs> 11. Matt, first question. I've been wondering this for 20 years. When you go on a preseason tour, why do we overinvest minutes in players that we know don't want to be there rather than giving it to super young players? And then who was the who was top of your fail list? Look,
2: I think everything is about pragmatism. Um and you know let's just take an example of someone like pepe i think it's best for all parties that we move him on um but the reality is we don't know what's going to happen in football he will hopefully go but there's a there's a strong chance that he could be at arsenal next season we've seen it before if no one comes in no one can match his wages all of that sort of stuff and so you have to bring someone like him for a couple of reasons one to get them in the shop window uh two to get some to, to for hopefully someone to see him weave a bit of magic and think yes that's the guy we we're, we're looking for and then the other reason is you still might need to use them at some point in the season and you can't just like ostracize them right from the off and one of the things one of our criticisms we've leveled at arteta is that he's been transactional he hasn't had he hasn't kept people who might play a bit role engaged so i think he's just keeping people engaged and you know, I think it's also you can look at it two ways, someone like like a Bellerin. It's also disrespectful to not take them, you know, and, and take it the headline then becomes, you know, Bellerin training with the under 16s back at home. So, you know, I think I think it, it really does go does go both ways on on all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, I I I think you're I think you're spot on there, Matt, and it's it's unfair of us to say that Arteta needs to work on his interpersonal skills and then tell him to do something which would run counter to creating a, a warm culture. I think my I think maybe one of my worries was that there were a lot of young players that didn't go on the tour. But I guess the counterpoint to that is listen, players like Marcelo Flores, uh who just went to Real Oviedo, they they need loans. It's more important for them to be able to move quickly um in and around Europe than to be on a tour. Uh, getting minutes so uh, yeah can't yeah. can't be too dismissive I guess.
2: Yeah you wonder if actually the model is more like bringing the sort of 16, 17 year olds for like who are really really excelling for a taste like the raw Waters you know bringing them in they get a taste um, and that small taste that like soup song of elite football will stay with them for a long long time and that can be a real motivating force but it's more about giving them that feeling rather than actually an attempt to integrate them within the first team. So it might be that we use it more as a, a little taster for the really young players. And then the ones who are like a year or two old or a little bit more developed, there's no point. Like it's not about just being there. It's that they already know what it feels like to be there. Flores has played for Mexico. It's about getting them the minutes with the right team. So I don't have any problem with it. And I think a little bit has been blown out of all proportion by the Omari Hutchinson deal and the, the reality is you don't make those types of decisions because you got annoyed about being left out or moved in those types of things brew for a long time and involve agents and a whole load of other stuff and money and 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 tap-ups and the whole thing And 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 we don't we don't have the full story so i'm less worried about that i think the team i think he's bought he's bought the right players but you know, no one wants unhappy players around and we're going to need to figure out a deal. But obviously things like Bellerin and and Torreira, I think is, is, is I can't remember, I don't know where Torreira is there, but but players like that is, you know, there's, it, it's a game of chicken because, you know, the clubs who might be in for them are also ask, getting them to, they don't mind that they want the player miserable and agitating and disruptive because it means that you, you're essentially driving the price down. So, it's really an instance where the players just have to be professional and let the agents do the deal. And I think everything will work out by the end of the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I did want to go a little bit deeper on on this topic of why the first half um, was miserable and players that... You know, like there are some players that aren't of the level, but they show up regardless. And I think, you know, Manchester City has them. Zinchenko shows up whenever he gets on the pitch, even if he only gets, uh, you know, 1,200 minutes in a season, like elite level mentality, um, which is what we've lacked over the years. Now he's come to Arsenal and he's going to be a star. Um, I kind of hoped that some players would be playing for the shirt um, on this tour and Ainsley's posting, you know, God will give you a second chance or, you know, whatever his inspirational meme or quote was, he put in a toilet performance. Absolutely toilet performance. And I don't know whether it's because he's not at the level or he just didn't care. Um, Pablo Marie, the most handsome man you've ever seen in your life. Uh, unbelievably good looking. Looks like a movie star getting ripped through the middle, uh, not really paying attention. Um, Nicolas Pepe, I can kind of understand. Uh, you know, N- Nicolas Pepe, a lot of talent there, but just not focused. But I just, I kind of felt like um, I wanted to see... I don't know. I just wanted to see some players play with a little bit more pride. Um, but I, I guess again, it comes down to these are humans. And if you know, the reality is Miguel Arteta is not interested in you. Why are you really going to give a shit in, uh, you know, hundred percent humidity in Orlando city? Did, did, did you feel that there was a lack of, I don't know, uh, focus from some of these players yesterday? Did you expect more? I actually didn't
2: uh, feel that way. Um, I think the thing about football is it changes on a dime, and I think you can think you could things just moves move so quickly. You know, uh, an injury, an opportunity, a cameo performance, a goal, a tackle, everything can change. And I think the players are sort of aware of that. I think the bigger issue is just the quality. The quality of these players is is low, and I think I tweeted yesterday. I think what. I always want in my second 11 is a group of players whose best days are ahead of them, who are fighting to improve and get better. And I feel like the majority of that second 11, their best days may even be behind them. I don't think Pablo Marie is going to get any better as a footballer. I don't think Rob Holding is going to get any better as a footballer. I don't think Maitland-Niles is going to get better as a footballer than the season he had when he was playing left wing back for Arsenal and won the (laughs) FA Cup. Was probably mad of the match in the final. I don't think any of those players are, are going to improve, and therefore, I personally would rather rotate them out of the squad and bring players in who are on an upward trajectory. It's not necessarily about where they are now; it's about the journey that they're on. And I sort of feel like a lot of those a lot of those players are regressing; they're getting worse. So that was my sort of sad, sad piece, and it was just a reminder that as much as i'm optimistic about next season i really do think it's going to be a similar story and that when we can keep our first 11 12 13 fit we're going to play we're going to be very very hard to beat um especially at home and we're going to have a very good season the moment we are bringing in second tier players and depends on which ones we are really going to struggle really going to struggle uh, they're not up to it and i think that's probably going to be the focus of the transfer window like next season which is you know how do we pad out which of the players from from the first 11 now will will fall back into the second 11 in a year's time
0: all right well i i i'm liking the pragmatism today matt almost as much as i'm liking your very spiffy hat oh uh, thank you very very nice okay let's let's talk about some of my anxieties let me have a little bit of a therapy session right now I have one absolutely burning concern this season. Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Aaron Ramsdale, Matt Turner, and probably Hine. Uh, I am really concerned about the sloppiness. Aaron Ramsdale made a brilliant one-on-one save early. Absolutely fantastic. You know, uh, very much uh, like a sort of Edison, uh, or I forget the Liverpool goalkeeper's name. You know, very much like that sort of save. And then he gets beaten from 25 yards. Not he, it, Someone called it a daisy cutter. It was more like a, a, a daisy roller. Um, he shouldn't be letting in shots like that. Really, really, really poor. And th- his shot-stopping ability in the second half of the season dropped off a cliff. My worry is at the moment, Burnt Leno, like you've said before, is a great shot-stopper, right? He doesn't have the ball at his feet skills, but he's a great shot-stopper and he's a German international goalkeeper. If Ramsdale continues to play badly we've got matt turner waiting in the wings and matt turner is an unknown i don't i don't judge what's happened so far it's only two games in and you know he's only young but like this is this is problematic matt and my i i wanted to get your take on um should we we should be we be worried about this goalkeeper situation are we heading into i don't even want to say that that the a the a word with the little pooch I don't want to I don't want to go there but I get a little bit worried that we're going to let ourselves down this season in that position.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm worried about the replacement we've signed um in that he doesn't feel like he's capable of challenging to be a number one. Um, on your own. <laughs> uh and so you know when we con- when we saw him concede that goal um you were a bit like well that that felt like a really really sloppy goal to concede and there's something about his body language I like the confidence but confidence and sloppiness, it's like they're not a million miles away from one another. And even some of the passes he was pinging out, you know, it's like very casual, very casual. So we like what he brings, we like his attitude. But there's the one thing that I, I want to see more of is intensity. And intensity and confidence are two quite different things. Confidence can sometimes veer into like laissez faire. Whereas intensity is, yeah, you're confident, but maybe a little bit more of a quiet inward confidence than the showboaty stuff, because he's not convincing me at the moment. He certainly didn't convince me yesterday. And I liked at the beginning when we, when he first came in, when he was communicating with the back four, screaming at them to be in positioning. Now, I don't know, He maybe some of the, some of the good press has gone to his head, so we really need him to, him to knuckle down. If I could keep Leno, I'd keep Leno. Because it's not worth selling him for five or six million. If we can get him, if we can sell him, I mean,
0: he's a 20 million, 20 million goalkeeper, Leno, in my opinion. He is, yeah, absolutely. Didn't we sign him for 28 million? Something. It was, like uh, that. it was a big fee, whatever we signed him for. like Fulham are getting a bargain if they get him for 11 million. Uh, the, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's um, When you concede a terrible goal like that, Rushing off your line, saying, switch on, it just, it just irritates me. It feels, um you know, you, you can go from having high standards as a, as a goalkeeper to looking like the Matty Flamini, just, put, you know, finger wagging. And he needs to pick it up. And reality is, if, if he starts dipping in form, he needs to be dropped. He needs to be dropped this season. And Matt Turner, like, we have to hope that he can step up. I mean, Matt Turner's an international goalkeeper, was... Perceived as one of the best players in MLS. America produces top, top goalkeepers. So I'm not concerned that, um, you know, it's people criticizing him already. It's difficult coming to a Premier League club. There's a lot of nerves associated with that. But I think he could be good. But it's a, it's a lot of risk. And I'm, I'm with you. Like If, if the offer for Bernd Leno is six or seven million, Arteta's got to have a word with Leno and say, listen, I'm going to give you minutes this season because we're we're running a bit of a risk. The only one thing that I will say about Aaron Ramsdale is um, when I was doing the research for him last season, uh, he had dips at Bournemouth where Bournemouth fans kind of doubted him a little bit. He had a big dip at Sheffield United and the fans were getting on his back because he made a few high-profile errors. He always comes back from them and there's no reason to believe that a 23-year-old goalkeeper can't come back from a dip in form but i would rather him get through it this pre-season and come out the back end ready to roll 100%
2: yeah and it, look it's it's i don't know the answer but you know i just feel like he's probably someone who could who who clearly likes being encouraged but you know let's make sure that there's the carrot and the stick a little bit from Mikkel when it comes to Aaron Ramsdale um i think he, i think he needs that a little bit so
0: yeah we will see right we will see all right okay so let's move on to this isn't so much an anxiety well it is an anxiety um there are, there were th- there were three things that ruined our season last year no striker uh, no backup fullbacks that hit the level and no backup for thomas party i think that we are going to address all of these this summer the one concern is that um, at right back position, Ainsley is probably the best backup right back at the club. He doesn't want to be there. He's probably going to exit.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you say that, but we're basing that off form of two years ago now. It's not even form of a year ago. And there comes well, a point that, that's something that we can be quite guilty of as Arsenal fans is we we think, oh yeah, well remember when he played like that in 2019? I think Ainsley's done. I think I think um, I think I think he's he's not gonna he's not recovering form and he's not capable of putting another run together. Um, and, and and yeah, it's a, I think the right back solution is going to be Saliba and White. You
0: you got you, you you took away my intro, Matt. You 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 just jumped right in. You flipped the script. Yeah, I, I mean, so let I'm with you. Ainsley's going to leave. Uh, Cedric is not at the level, but he's on 90 grand a week. Um, you know, pro- pro- that was probably the deal that that pushed it over the line for Don Raul. Um Ben White looks really good as an inverted right back. He got roasted once, but he has he has the he has the pace to to catch back up. And listen, Manchester City spend 50 million on fullbacks all the time. It's like their standard fee that they put in. Um, I would pre- I think Ben White's got the pace. Um Putting Saliba in the middle as a centre-back makes more sense because he's taller, um, like very Virgil van Dijkish. Um, But the, I just wanted to get your take. Um, Tommy Asu feels like he's going to be an injury problem again this season, but what he does do really well is he inverts. It's not really an overlap machine. Um, do you think the Arteta will be looking at his defense this season, seeing if he can get rid of Cedric and Ainsley? Do you, would you feel confident going into a season saying, all right, Tommy Asu gets an injury, Ben White's inverting.
2: I think that's where we're at. I don't yeah, like. Is it ideal? Absolutely not. Because I think part of modern football, the fullbacks are two of the most important players. As as you as as referenced by the fact that Man City spent fifty spent fifty million on them every time. So I think it's a major worry that Tommy is wasn't fit for preseason because I mean he was out for the whole of the second half of the season. He came back and played like three games, um, and. You know, the season finished sixty days ago, seventy days ago. Like he's, it took. He's got an injury that's so serious that two months. You know, he couldn't get over it. Like, what's going on there? That's that's that's. You know, I mean, a, a hamstring is six weeks, a calf strain is is six weeks. Like, what is the issue that means he can't be fit? Even in, he's not even doing light light jogging, right? I mean, we, 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 he he won't have had a preseason. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's insane. It's, like it's who doesn't? It's, I I don't understand what's going on there, and I'm amazed <laughs> that more people aren't questioning that. So I think that we're in the camp where we can say, can we rely on Tommy to play any games this season?
0: I think it's you, that you bad, know, Matt. You know the the thing that grates me, and I, I like I don't work at Arsenal, so I have no idea how these things operate um, with international football. But why didn't someone sit down with Tommy Asu and say, Tommy, there is no chance you are going on international duty. No chance. Tell them no. You're going to be in the World Cup side if Japan are in the World Cup. I don't know. I assume they are. You are not going. You're going to sit on your ass. You're going to have a, a, a low calorie tropical drink and you're just going to sit there and you're going to recuperate. And you're going to come back and you're going to play 40 games next season. We're going to rotate you in. With Ben Wyatt or William Saliba, you're too important to go and play a, a stupid friendly. I just don't understand how he was allowed to go. It was the same as um, Kieran Tierney. Like he goes away to play an international friendly with Scotland, breaks himself. So like, Tierney is not going to play um, for Scotland. Uh, you know, if they were to get into the World Cup, they were knocked out by a superb man of the match uh, performance. For, uh, no, they weren't. They did. They there are at the World Cup, are they? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, it was Wales, it was Wales that played Ukraine, anyway. Uh, guarantee he is not first choice for Scotland and and he's not going to go there, but so he, he he butchered our season to go and play a friendly it just drives me up the wall. I just don't know why Jurgen Klopp wouldn't allow it. No, I wonder
2: whether it's the young players who are more interested in playing for their country and aren't as established to see every game as an opportunity to try and cement a place, but. The Tommy Yassi thing is, is not good. And I think there's a great comment in, uh, in, in the comments from uh, Ricky Bly that says, too many injury-prone players concerning patterns with Tierney, Party, Tommy Yassi, and Smith-Rowe. We've talked about it and gone, the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Therefore, we should be expecting Tierney, Party, Smith-Rowe and Tommy Yassi all to miss a minimum of half the season. Like you got to, you can sad, hope for the sad band.
0: state to be. It's a sad state to be, but it's a sad state. It's a sad to state, be a sad a state to be.
2: And, and you know what, like get excited. If that doesn't happen, get excited if Smith Rowe manages to put injuries behind him, but we saw it with Van Persie, you know, in all those years where he, he, he couldn't stay fit. And then finally he did. And he had a few seasons uninterrupted, but it took a while. And all of these players are following a similar pattern, which is immensely talented, we definitely want to keep them. Hopefully, in the future, they can have seasons of uninter- that are uninter- uninterrupted by injury. But there's a fragility there, like with, with Smith Rowe, it's muscular. With Party, it's muscular. With Tierney, it's it's more that like, structural. Uh, and Tommy like it's this calf. It was like a calf. It was always this calf issue, right? So, but yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a problem because you don't have. A great season with Ben White at right back for twenty plus games. You just don't like it works in a certain type of system, but I don't really want to see him playing there week in, week out. And you look back at that Cedric deal and you go, Fuck, "How the hell did we sign up to that?" Um, you know, he's not terrible, but he will end up being terrible if you give him a run of games.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And but Ben Ben White as a backup works, but if it's backup like being being a backup to Kieran Tierney is playing 60% of the games, so, you know, it's not it's not really it's you know not what really I like. backup.
2: my idea of ultimate backup is Ashley Cole and Gail Cliche. That type of backup where you have a young player who has got a ton of potential who could one day be a successor in that position. And is capable of playing, you know, 15 games in that position, but can also come in and perform that role where maybe he plays as the left winger in front of the, the fullback, or they, or they, or they, or they, or they, or they play like that, which is more like the Tierney Zinchenko solution we've got, where we've got like a couple of quality players with sort of slightly different profiles who can play in the same position. Ben White and Cedric feel makeshift. They feel makeshift.
0: Yeah, uh, I, Scott from Crab Stats made a uh, put an interesting tweet out there yesterday. Someone asked him about, um, you know, whether Eddie and was a backup striker, and he said he's not a backup striker. He's a he's a one B, and I, I kind of like mm-hmm. Guy Klishi was a one B to Ashley's one A, and we, we need we need a one B for both our fullbacks because they're not reliable, not reliable at all, and that's um, a concern.
2: Yeah, and a different profile. If Tommy Yasu is the stable, inverted, tall right back, let's get the the sort of the Kyle Walker, you know, the super like dynamic, aggressive, that up and down the line fullback as well. Because sometimes you're going to need, if you're chasing a game, a more aggressive right back, you know, like a almost like a Tavares on the right. Dare I say it? Who can? He's playing right back, but the reality is he's just there to cause havoc going forward. And especially at home where you've got a deep block, where you're behind in a game, all of those sorts of things. That's the kind of backup, right back I want versus uh, a Ben White.
0: Yeah, li- listen, I'm, I'm I'm in total agreement. One more question on the fullback before we move on to the next topic. Uh, Raul, Walter's right back, 18 years old. Gal was getting minutes at 18. Ashley Cole was getting minutes at 18. Uh, BNC, right back, just won an international tournament at England under 19s, Looks powerful. Had a brilliant, brilliant loan spell. Are, are we too early in the process to be considering a young, dynamic, hungry fullback to step in? Is there too much risk associated that they won't make it? What do you think?
2: Well, you hope that you know the, the 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 way we're thinking about the club is we're thinking someone like a BNC could be the fullback, could be the backup fullback next year, for instance, if he gets a good championship loan this season and 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 perform. You can't you can't count on it, but I would love to find internal solutions to some of these roles. I'd love to see that second eleven almost being fifty percent like young academy players that we've managed to bring through. Um, that I think is the dream. Where you, where you sort of have that.
0: Wenger always used to say, if you're good enough, uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. He had something pithier than that. I'm too tired to remember what it was. If you're young enough, yeah. you're, you're not... You're, I don't know.
2: What, yeah, I can't remember the exact wording. I think, I think there's a few things. I think
0: um, it really makes a difference uh, Who, what they what the make up of. Age is, age is how you feel. That's something that you and I can associate with. It is. I feel I'm 22. I'm 22, if I believe it. Um, but, so- I think
2: that, but I think that, that what you've got to remember is when Ashley Cole came in, he had Tony Adams next to him, telling him what to do, dictating what to do, you know? And, and I think it makes a lot of difference about how what the makeup of the team is. He was also coming into a, win, a winning team, whereas Royal Water, Waters coming in at right back, I mean, he's got Ben White next to him. Ben White is still finding his feet as an Arsenal player. He's only had one season and he's not the, or he's not, he's not TA. Uh, from a goalkeeping standpoint, Ashley Cole had David Seaman barking orders at him. You know, this, this guy would have Aaron Ramsdale.
0: So, you if know, you're if you're good it, enough, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Thank you, JW. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's the yeah. quote. Um, okay, all right. So we can we can move off of the fallback uh, situation. Uh, w- like, well, let's move out of a negative and let's move into a positive. Uh, Johnny Cochran is not here, uh, de facto leader of the Saliba ultras. He has been he's he's been blowing trumpets or whatever you do when you're like or chest beating around Big Bill Saliba through the middle. Um, Matt, give us a little bit of a monologue. Um, what Bill, Bill Saliba, big, tall, imposing, looks a little bit like Virgil Van Dijk on the ball. Matt, is is Johnny going to be right on this one? Uh, are we going to have like Saliba ultras on our t-shirts by the end of the season? What do you think about our newest centre back sensation?
2: Honestly, I think I don't. I think Arteta would prefer it if Gabriel and Ben White was the best option available, but I think the reality. Is Saliba is something special. He's got that aura around him. He's like a he's like a racehorse. He looks just 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 very very special. So I fully I don't think we're going to be able to keep him out the team. I think he's going to be playing thirty plus games for us this season. I think he's going to be the centre back stalwart. And um, yeah, he's 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 going to be the guy. You can just see it. I don't. He's not come to play. You can tell, and and if I had to, for me, he's the
0: first centre back on the team sheet. He really is. He he is so imposing. (laughs) I mean, he's like just incredibly built, and um, I love the loan's done him some good. He doesn't. He he's not uh, over trying. You know, he's not trying the Hollywood passes. He's just keeping it simple. He's making smart decisions. He looks. uh, He looks composed like four thousand, four and a half thousand minutes. Like there's no one his age in Europe as a centre-back at a top club that's got that many minutes under their belts. I'm hoping he's going to sort of have a, well, the Fofana effect that Leicester. Well, they conceded like 10, you know 20% more goals, but Fofana did a lot for the way that they played. I hope that Saliba can come in. We conceded ten, like nine more goals than we did the season prior. Um, I think it was 47 or 48 goals from 39. We need to get back to at least... Uh, conceding 39 this season we can't have any more disaster games. but I think I think Salih is going to be pushing for a first team place
2: I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be our Van Dijk I really do I like I was I was concerned with (laughs) with over-egging it but it's more about the way he carries himself than, than how he plays because he's very calm you know, and and calmness and defending is not two words that have gone together very often with Arsenal over the last decade. But he's got that aura around him. You feel like he's not going to make many mistakes. But if he makes a mistake, he has all the tools in his in his Arsenal to go back and and fix them. He's just got pace. He's got power. Um, I just think he's extreme. The other thing about it, which I don't think you can put a price on, is to me he looks extremely motivated. I don't think he. I think he wants to be in that lineup for the first game of the season, and I don't think the way he's played. I think he's the number one centre back choice right now.
0: I think the you know keep on going back to this. Arteta's ground zero last season was the Newcastle game because and it and it wasn't about you know we were beaten by Newcastle because in the key moments we weren't brave enough, and you have to look at our centre backs in that game and you have to say. They, they start the play. And if you don't want to play through the press, if you're just launching long balls, that's not good enough. So it would be really interesting. Arte, uh, attached himself to a 55 million pound signing in Ben White. How, how's he going to play it? Is 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 he a manager that is just ruthless about putting the right player in the right position from the off? Or is there going to be a bit of ego attached to it? You know, like there was a lot of ego attached to making William work because you know, Arteta can pretend that uh, William was pushed his direction. He banged the table for William, and it didn't work. It was it was only four months, and then he got binned, and then he got exited from the club. But is is Arteta going to give more time to Ben White? Like, how how does this process how does this process work? Because if the, if the solution was was at Marseille last season, you know, it looks like fifty five million wasted. Yeah, or are I think we just, just a big club and big clubs right. rotate big players.
2: Well, I think he's going to get
0: lucky in that regard because I think Ben White is going to end up
2: playing right back. So I don't think he's going to be forced to make that decision right from the off. I think that which could be really interesting because I think it's an opportunity for all three to play, Gabriel, Ben White and Saliba. And then the the decision, once Tommy Yasu's fit or a right back is fit, will be based on who's been the best performing players. And... You know, and I think it'll it, it will be more of a meritocracy because all three would have played all the games and taken one out of the firing line, but by that point, you know, I think Ben White's gonna play the first ten games at right back.
0: Um, yeah. And, and listen, uh, top 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 tier teams have lots of centre backs. Uh Laporte, um I can't even remember Stones. It, Yeah, Stones, um Yeah, uh, Ake. Yeah, like they rotate and and uh, City heavily rotate their centre backs. As well, so there's no reason to think Arsenal should be rotating centre backs because them players like Ben Ben White and Gabriel wouldn't pick up injuries. So lots of opportunity for Saliba. Do you think he's going to sign a new deal?
2: I don't think he's going to sign a new deal. Um, I don't know why 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 he'd want to. I think we're seeing more and more in an elite sport, not just not just football, players, especially young players, back themselves, and he'll be thinking to himself. You know, I'm going to have a much greater pick of players, pick of pick of options, and it's going to drive my position up if I have a really good season at Arsenal. And if I don't, if I don't get, if I don't, it's because I don't get games. But I've got the Marseille experience to fall back on. So, um, if I was him, I wouldn't be signing a new contract, or I would maybe do like a one year extension if that was even an option. But the club don't want to do a one year extension because. That's going to open up as many questions as it does answers. So I think they'll, I think it'll, it'll, it'll be a year. And then Arsenal, I don't think they're going to mind that much because the reality is if he absolutely smashes it, then it probably means that he's really happy and has been given a lot of opportunity. And then he's going to get a mega deal from the club. They're going to sign it and it should be pretty straightforward. The bigger challenge is if it's sort of like a if sort of a bit of a, a mixed bag um or there's any there's any issues between Arteta and Saliba but yeah i don't i don't
0: see him i don't see him 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 signing at all you also have to be careful as a footballer um to make sure that you see, you know there's there's backing yourself and then there's giving yourself financial security um you know only got to look at uh the barcelona defender um played in the world cup broke himself um, but he had a long contract with Barcelona for 200, 250 grand a week. But right now, he can't, you know, I think he failed a medical at Ren. You know, it, he's 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 done as a player. Like, his earning capabilities are finished. So it's like, that can happen to anybody. Having yourself a nice four or five-year deal um, with, you know, payment escalations or whatever. And then maybe just say, uh, oh, you know, you've got a buyout clause put an 80 million pound buyout clause in your deal or something like that or after 3 years you get the option to renew or something I, so I, i'm i'm hoping that he signs a new deal the thing that i'm really hoping for is you know a lot of the arsenal players say there's something special brewing and you know granite jacker said it the other day you know everyone everyone feels it around the club that there's something with this particular crop of young players there there, there aren't many clubs in europe with that sort of vibe and i know barcelona and madrid will probably be sniffing around saliba at some point but would you go to Barcelona The absolute train wreck at the moment like La Liga is a is a is a league in massive decline in in my opinion you know I know that they won the Champions League but it's not reflective of the, the overall quality of the league um you know there's only two or three clubs that make any sense there the Premier League is where the money at is where the money is at the Premier League is where the big boot deals are going to come in in the future and Arsenal is still the hottest project for young players in Europe so I'm, I'm hoping the this isn't a debacle. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he does put pen to paper. And listen, if Edu and Arteta are good at anything, it's getting young players to sign new deals. Amari Hutchinson aside, that feels like a bit of a a key a sabotage there, you know. But I, I'm I'm for the big players that we want to sign. There's a lot of persuasion that goes on, and hopefully, we can offer him what he needs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting Saka certainly a Saka contract extension a couple of days before the season starts. That's my prediction. I think it will be 24 hours, 48 hours before the opening day just to give everyone a lift and a boost. Uh, so, uh, yeah, maybe Saliba will join him.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. Okay, all right, let's get back into, into the game. Um, the Gabriel Jesus effect. Uh, Matt, I, I said on uh, one of our podcasts a couple of weeks ago, I said that Gabriel Jesus reminded me of Luis Suarez and someone messaged me and said, you deserve all the criticism you get because you say things like that. I'm going to double down on it. I think Gabriel Jesus delivers what Luis Suarez delivers on the pitch from a center forward position. I think he looks like someone's jacked him up with adrenaline. He looks like he wants to prove everybody at Manchester city that he should have been the striker solution this season. He's been immense. He's chaos. He's chaos. He can come. uh, He can come short. He can go deep. He hangs off the shoulder. He is problematic in the extreme. Gabriel Jesus came on second half. Absolutely immense. What did you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's done more than I thought he was going to do. I thought he was a really good finisher. He's going to be a really good finisher. I thought he was going to be a really good classic number nine, but he's sort of doing a lot more than that right now. He's got a lot of energy. He's got like never underestimate what it how much people like feeling loved. You know, um and sometimes that argument of oh he wants to be the main man, people are like, Yeah, does he is that really that important? But to him, it seems like it, and you know, he's got everyone buzzing, and my God, we've we've seen the difference in, in having someone like him around. I personally worry that we're still too thin up top. Um hey, before, I worry
0: about that too, me and uh, Rob holding.
2: But, um, just with him and Eddie is that, is that enough and I, I was watching some clips from Roma and Tammy Abraham looking silky, and wondered whether you know there's still another signing needed up top but um I think he's I think he's he, I think he's going to be a great signing,
0: yeah, I think he's going to be a great signing, and uh, th- there's I get really angry about certain statistics, like everybody sees a spreadsheet and they're like this spreadsheet. Is the thing um, I hate the statistic of big chance creation because big chance creation is a two way thing, right? You can you can be peak Meza Ozil, but if you are playing with me up front, you're not going to be creating many big chances in a game. And Martin Erdegaard, uh was in the top five for chance creation in open play last season. Uh, I think he was second, second or third behind Fernandez and uh, Kevin De Bruyne. I think this season you are going to see uh, Martin Odegaard cr- have a lot more output because he's got a he's got strikers that thinking on a, on a different planet. He's going to be, those those galaxy brain passes that he was making to Lacazette who couldn't reach them, making to uh, making for Aubameyang Ob- who didn't care to reach them. Um I think that they're going to find feet this season and I think Gabriel Jesus is going to have a lot of fun with Martin Odegaard and I just like the way that when he's on the pitch, it's infectious. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on, on my couch and I'm buzzing watching him running around the pitch. I'm like, I want to get out there. I, I, I want to feel that sort of that energy that he's bringing. Um, he's a winner. He's humble. Um, I think that the chip on the shoulder thing is so important. The best players all have a chip on their shoulder, and and I think he's going to be absolutely immense for us this season. Um, all right, let's move on uh, to uh, another topic. Uh, Eddie Krueger at Ugh. the ready. Uh, he, listen, Eddie Krueger in those black boots in that swanky new kit. I mean, he, he looked, he looked the real deal. I, 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 now the, now the contract, uh, hype has died down. Now we're not really having to prove whether Eddie is an Arsenal player or not. Did you watch him last night and think he's going to be good this season or do you still have concerns?
2: I'm, I don't have concerns. Um, I think um, I think he did. He didn't do much in the first half. He had a couple of nice turns, um,
0: but um, no service in the first half, though. No,
2: no real service in the first half. But look, I think the biggest thing for, for Eddie is to get off to a good start. If he can score goals in the first like four, five games, if he can get two or three goals in the first five games of the season, and be competing for that number one spot up top. Getting 30 minutes minimum in every game, um, I think he's just going to go from strength to strength to strength to strength. My fear is that he just doesn't get the minutes that that he deserves. But I think hopefully, um, and I think we're sort of seeing it. I think that that you can see this bit of a narrative between Eddie and and Jesus, just about how they're going to like operate together. It's a bit like Lacazette and Aubameyang when Aubameyang came, and they were actually a great partnership. They played, they like playing together. Um, when everyone thought that Obama Yang was just going to like take over from Lacazette. So I can see them playing well together almost. Uh, and, and, you know, I've made this comparison before um, called Eddie Kruger, like an Andy Cole type player. Ooh, like um, that. But maybe this is our York and Cole. Uh, this sort of that double act up top. Um, so, yeah, positive.
0: All right, one more one more section because I know that you've got a bounce in about three minutes. So uh, in uh, in MLS, one of the key features is they have uh, support sections for English fans. That's uh, that's the terraces where you where you stand up. Uh, the the kind of remit is that if you want to sit in the support section, you're going to stand, you're going to bang drums, you're going to sing songs all game long. And the best new clubs in MLS and some of the classics have brilliant support sections, and the atmospheres are outrageous. LAFC. Um, They've got a very sort of Hispanic-led uh, supporter section. They're immense. Austin FC, um, very focused, noisy uh, supporter section. Atlanta, like their supporters are absolutely on the scale. Um, they had a supporter section at Orlando last night. They made noise all game. Um, Matt, when, when you look at that, and as a fan, the, you know, went from season tickets with their parents to uh, transitioning to a young man traveling around the country following um, their team... Do you think the Premier League needs to do more to make uh, season ticket pricing attractive to youngsters and to give them opportunities to meet, connect and you know build their legacy with their families going through the ranks? Um, would you like to see safe standing back in the Premier League is kind of the long-winded way of asking your question.
2: Well, absolutely want safe standing back in the league. I think it's just brilliant for atmosphere. I think it's proven to be safe. Um, and yeah, all in on that. Just to like, my first tickets at Arsenal were in the family enclosure. Uh, And this was in the beginning of the 90s and it was £5 a ticket. £5 for every ticket. So you could buy the first five games of the season, £25 for all five of them. Um, So, you know, I think um, we need to have more opportunities like that for young people to come in and watch games with their families and and bring a generation of young supporters in. Uh, This might sound... Uh, I actually don't have a problem with the price of Arsenal season tickets. Uh, my season ticket is a thousand pounds a year uh, for twenty-two league games and an amazing seat, fifteen rows up on the halfway line at the Emirates. Um, and I think I think it's worth that money. Um, and I think it is a lot cheaper than other sports, especially being in America, where tickets to the basketball or the baseball is like. Know 200 plus pounds per ticket per game. So, I I think a lot of people who are really, really upset about season ticket prices, it's it's it it could be a lot worse. Um, and I think a lot of the narrative gets pushed by like club level and all of those seats. And yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, if people want to spend that's how they that's how the club make their money, they can sell it to companies and pay 20,000 to seat. whatever and david beckham can go and all that sort of stuff but um and then on supporter sections look we've always had a sections of the ground that are supporter sections but just instead of calling it a supporter section it was the north bank lower it was the clock here yeah. um and now it's turned into certain like block,
0: block 19 it's block 19 with the young kids the the arsenal chance kids I
2: exactly so you know, I, I like the idea of these things being a little bit more organic, but if the club can find ways of like fostering it by having a budget and doing that sort of thing. But it's always existed. You used to go and stand in the clock in. That's what it was. That was the supporter section. So a lot of this stuff gets rebranded and renamed and all of this sort of stuff. But if we can find a way to make it attractive for young people to be able to go affordably and hang out with their mates and have a good time and Develop a breed of young Arsenal fans, and I think that's good because I think one of the best things that happened last season is that the away support really transitioned from uh, older um, Moni fucks who were singing about Dennis Bergkamp and Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira, people like myself, and then it's it's transitioned to a younger team who don't remember the Invincibles, don't remember how great it was, and just want to support the team now and are excited about the journey of the club. So. Anything we can do to to make uh, to keep that cycle going is a positive.
0: I agree. I agree. All right, Matt. Thank you uh, very much. That will come to the end of our podcast. Listen, if you are watching this podcast uh, on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button because um, you need to be getting the updates when we're coming in hot and live. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, give us a five star review. Maybe leave a written review. We love those. Um, and keep keep your eyes peeled because we're uh, we're moving to a new deal. We're very excited about it. Um, and also, finally, sign up to that Patreon. We're going to be dropping uh, midweek content every game through the season, giving you the early access. Uh, and that'll be really important when the Europa League stuff's coming up. And I think on that note, I don't have a lot else to say. I am going to play out the outro music. Here we go. Um, and I'll say ciao for now.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.